Hello everyone, this is the Hand and Roar creator and host Andy Barge here with a quick message before this episode starts. I'd like to share with you that I've written a book about the Scotland men's team's journey to Euro 2020 and it's being released with Pitch Publishing on the 20th of February. It's called A Nation Again and it features exclusive conversations with and the memories of more than a dozen members of the squad and staff who navigated the Nations League group and playoffs to get us back to a major tournament. So the book begins at the point Gordon Strachan leaves his position after the draw in Slovenia and culminates with a shootout win in Belgrade and it charts all the ups and downs along the way. So if this sounds like it's up your street, the book is available to pre-order just now. There should be a link on the Hand and Roar Twitter page but you can also just Google A Nation Again Pitch Publishing and you can follow the first link onto their website and it'll give you a few options from there. So I'm excited about this, nervous as well I suppose but I've had great encouragement since announcing it. It was around 18 months of hard work so it's really appreciated. Thank you to everyone for that and if you decide to pick it up I hope you enjoy reminiscing about a fairly turbulent but ultimately successful few years for the national team. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tom's still having a slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Welcome to the Hamden Roar podcast. So far in 2023, we've been having a little Hamden Roar Scotland quiz, which has been great fun, but back down to a bit of the nitty gritty, having a look and a discussion about how the Scotland squad are getting on with their clubs. It's about two months, in fact, yeah, just about two months to go now until the qualifiers kick off against Cyprus and Spain. Ben Ramage, who you'll all recognise is with us. Ben Ramage of the Paisley Daily Express and the SFSA. He's joined by debutants, former St Mirren, Carlisle, Dundee, I believe, uh, many other clubs, striker Rory Loy on for his hand and roar. Dave, you're Rory, welcome along. Cheers, Andy. It, yeah, it would have been made the podcast a lot longer had you ran through all the teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we, 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 we work together uh, now and again at the BBC and when we're in on Saturdays, uh, be it for Sports Sound or Sports Scene, quite often we end up talking about the pecking order for Scotland squad, so... This is uh, something you're quite passionate about as well, as, as me and Ben. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, Scotland, growing up in Stranraer, Scotland, you know, Rangers, Celtic and all that type of thing wasn't quite as big. So you took you, you took a big interest in the national team. Uh, my dad followed them as well and was quite passionate about it. So, yes, all the fingers are crossed with the 
pending qualification campaign. Well, we've got a couple of, I'd say, headline bullet points here if we're going to be running through how everybody's getting on domestically. The, the first thing which we'll, we'll come to just chronologically through the team is that a lot of our big players are not really playing regular regularly at the moment. There's suddenly a vacancy for the number one jersey with Craig Gordon's injury. And also a couple of strikers are hitting prime form, I would say, um, who can maybe go in and challenge Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes, who haven't had much of a challenge really over the past 18 months or so. Um, but what we'll do, Ben, is we'll start off with the goalkeeping situation. You are a Hearts fan. I don't think I'm outing you with that. You're you're quite vocal on your Instagram, so you've made your own bed there, if I've done you in. Uh, the, the situation with Craig Gordon is not ideal. One of the names that's not just rumoured, really, is factually involved is Xander Clark, who could replace him at international level as well as club level. How do you feel about Xander Clark being Scotland's number one alongside Liam Kelly and John McLaughlin? We'll leave Angus Gunn out of it just now because we don't know whether or not he's going to commit. So if you're looking at Clark, Kelly and McLaughlin, where does your heart lie? No pun genuinely intended. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't mind being outed, at it, outed as a Hearts fan quite so much because we're doing quite well. <laughs> it depends how well we're doing, whether I actually release that info or not. Obviously, Craig Gordon's injury is, you know, it's an absolute, it's a huge blow. Um, he's been so good for us, you know, over so many years. And he was really, you know, he was, I thought he was going to make the 80 caps um, quite comfortably this year. Uh, so it was a real shame for him. I don't know if you saw today, he was actually doing like leg presses and stuff in the gym at the Orium. Um, you know, that's, that's only after a month. So, you know, fingers crossed he is going to get back maybe in the summer, try and push for next season. Um, but speaking on Xander Clark, he's come in, you know, that's really big gloves to fill and he hasn't looked out of place at all. You know, that's three clean sheets in a row in big games, you know, playing against Hibbs and Aberdeen. I know neither of them are doing very well at the moment, but he's still got clean sheets in both. I actually think he's actually a bit better in the air than Gordon. He's, he's really commanding presence. He comes for crosses um, much better, I would say, than Gordon. And a lot of Hearts fans are really realising that. Um, he doesn't have quite the same shot stopping, you know, ability, but I don't think many, we don't have any other options that do. Um, but I would certainly say out of the the other kind of guys that you're mentioning, I think Clark's got a really good chance of getting that number one spot. Rory, Liam Kelly has been in squads and it feels like he's been on the cusp of a debut for almost a season. Now, it's actually quite strange in my opinion that given we had a few friendlies last year, we thought maybe we would see Liam Kelly given 45 minutes here or there. We weren't. Does that mean that he's not automatically at the front of the the front of the queue, despite his squad experience, which is more than Xander Clark and probably more recently than John McLaughlin? You would you would think so. I, you know, I think in terms of Xander Clark getting a game for the third best team in the country week in week out, which he will do now for a prolonged period. I think uh, Ben's quite optimistic there, having suffered that injury myself. I don't, I don't see Gordon being back in that time frame at all, despite the pictures we've seen recently. Um, Liam Kelly I've seen a few times this season and he's been excellent the game I, the first time I've seen him was uh, was at Paisley funnily enough and he was the best player on the pitch how St Mern didn't beat Motherwell that day I'll never know he was excellent I've seen him a few times since um, and, he, and he's been very good however I think the performances Clark's put in straight off the bat after not playing football for such a long time doing it for hearts doing it in big games I think that will probably give him the edge when it comes to it. However, I am surprised that Liam Kelly hasn't had a cap as of yet. 
Uh, if it was up to me, I, I would probably just edge Clark in front. Um, but Liam Kelly, I would be quite comfortable uh, sitting him on the bench and if needed, um, getting him between the sticks. McLaughlin for me is at an age now and I don't think he's performed particularly well when he has got an opportunity with Rangers over the last um, little while. So, you know, that would probably be my preferred choice. I think the other thing about Clark is that, you know, he's played at Hamden quite a lot with St. Johnston and he's won big games at Hamden. And I know it's not the same level, international level, but he's played in big, you know, important games at Hamden and he's he's won them. You know, and I don't think Kelly has that on his CV. So I, I do think Clark's just got that little bit more um, experience and that might just be the difference. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. If, we're, if we're talking about age there, Rory, John McLaughlin, yes, 35 years old. If he was given the gloves and impressed against Cyprus and Spain, it's probably more of a short-term fix, whether Gordon comes back or not, because he is approaching the end of his career, and I'm not sure he'll have the same longevity as Alan McGregor uh, or uh, David Marshall or even Craig Gordon at, at such a strong level. McLaughlin is in and out at Rangers, really. Him and McGregor are swapping gloves on what feels like almost a weekly basis this month, and when he has played, he's looked quite unsure, to be honest. I was at the game against St Johnston. But the weekend, not great. The other two, Xander Clark's only 30, Liam Kelly only just turned 27 yesterday, so time is on their sides if they want to try and claim the number one jersey, um, regardless of Craig Gordon's injury, because probably after Euro 2024 at the latest is when we'd, we'd see Craig Gordon for the last time, Ben. So if we're looking at age being on Clark and Kelly's side as well, that probably rules out McLaughlin regardless of, of form, would you say? If I was being totally honest, Andy, see if you gave me those three keepers at the moment and they were all 27 McLaughlin would still be third on my list so despite being 35 my eyes well and truly third I, I genuinely think that, that um, Clark is the better keeper I really do I think he's the better shot stopper I appreciate he's not as good as Gordon not many are um, I, I just feel that regardless of age McLaughlin and Kelly, week in, week out, perform better than McLaughlin does when he gets an opportunity. I appreciate if you're sitting on the bench a lot and you need to come in every now and then, it's it's more difficult. However, Clark's come in and hit the ground running instantly, having not had a club for months and then sat on the bench for uh, a number of months waiting on the opportunity. Of course, he wouldn't have wanted to come about the way it did. However, that's football and that's what happens. Clark's come in and done very, very well. So I take your point about McLaughlin. If he did come in against Cyprus and, and did well, you know, you would imagine he would keep the, the gloves against uh, Spain. I think it would be short term. And that's why I think it would be a mistake because I don't think they're taking any more of a risk by putting Clark in or Kelly in. And there is longevity to it. We'll mention Angus Gunn then, Ben, because his name is in the mix. We don't know whether he's committed or not. He has distanced himself from Scotland twice in the past. Alex McLeish made a move and failed. His dad is... Scottish, played for Scotland, Brian Gunn. So we thought maybe there might be enough of a tug in the heartstrings. He's clearly been raised in England, feels English, sees himself that way, fine, no problem whatsoever. We've discussed in the Hamden Row in the past, players like Shea Adams when he initially said no and came back. Scott McTominay was very young when he asked for some time to consider how he wanted to pursue, pursue his international career. Do you regard this any differently or as far as you're concerned, is it if Angus Gunn is available and wants to play, he has to be considered? Yeah, I think I, I almost think that the older I've got, the less I kind of care. And I, I, I don't know if that's 
like is he mature I don't know but I just if he's eligible and he wants to play for us and he is good enough and he's better than the other options that we have then I really have no issue with that at all um for me you know like you say if he's got a Scottish father and at the end of the day England do have a bigger squad than us they have you know arguably better players across the board it's obviously going to be harder for him to get into that squad it often happens as they get towards the end of their career, they realise, OK, the England thing isn't going to happen. So, you know, if they're going to come in and do a great job for us and be 100% committed, then I don't really see a massive issue. Rory, are you aligned with that? Or do you think the the emotion, the emotional factor has to be stronger? Or do you, do you think, like me and Ben, that all that matters is once you're committed, you give everything? I don't think the emotional side of things bears, you know, it doesn't bear strongly in my head. It's not something I would think about. I'm not a huge fan of guys coming from here, there and everywhere to play national side, whether it's Scotland, England, Wales, it doesn't matter. The odd one's fine, but when you're looking for several positions here and there, I don't know. I'm just not a huge, huge fan of it. In terms of the emotional side, I've played with many players you'll get a select few who see football as a job. Um, so even the Scottish guys, you might get a handful of Scottish guys in the squad who, who want to turn up, they want to do well, they want to perform on the highest stage possible, but may not be that emotionally attached to it in the sense that you speak of as a fan. Um, so from the emotional point of view, I, I don't think that's a big deal to me. However, just from a, a solely personal point of view, um, I, I would prefer to see Liam Kelly or um, Clark and Goals, Alexander Clark and Goals before I would. Again, if he's an absolute world beater or somebody, you know, we would be looking at going right. He has to play to give us a huge chance of qualifying for the World Cup. Contradicting myself slightly, I suppose, but um, you know, on that in this instance, gun for me, given the history and who we've else we've got available, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be considering him at this point. Well, just a bit of context on Angus Gunn. He is 27, just under 27 recently. He started the season for Norwich on the bench, came into the team in October, but has started the last couple of games on the bench with Tim Krul reinstated to the side. So I'm not actually sure if Krul was injured and that's why he came into the team or not. But yeah, he was. He, he did have a solid three months or so in the team, but Tim Krul is back, is back in goals for Norwich. Again, okay, so we've established that Clark or Kelly, no real qualms if we're picking a a replacement for Craig Gordon. The other okay. one is Robbie McCrory, isn't it? Is the other he's kind of been in the squad recently, but obviously he's just played so little over the last two years. <laughs> I, I, I imagine he might still be called up because Clark, Clark obviously rates him, and he has been in the squads. Well, but, well, he has he has been in the squad, but he's nowhere near the Rangers team. Nowhere near it. I, I don't actually know when the last time went. I do actually. It would have been the Old Firm derby in twenty one twenty two. It was one 0 to Rangers. I think he played twice last season and he hasn't played yet this year. So you can't imagine he'd come into international football. But when you look I, at the two Rangers keepers getting older, then, you know, the door might open for him. You might be thinking, look, if I can just outlast maybe McGregor, who, you, you know, he, they, he may well retire this season. Well, I was speaking to someone at Rangers um, at Rugby Park last week asking about this. Um, what is the situation with McCrory? Because he's not a youngster anymore. He's just about into his mid-twenties if he's not already. If it was going to have happened for McCrory, it probably would have now somewhere. If not at Rangers, he'd be the number one somewhere, surely. 
I think he's, I think he's it, Andy Bell they were they were saying to me though, Rory, just a second. They were saying to me that when McGregor hangs up, he's not going to seamlessly slot in. Rangers will go for another number one, so he's not the number one ready and waiting, Rory, for for when McGregor decides enough's enough. I, th- I think as well, if you're from a player's or a goalkeeper's perspective, if you're Liam Kelly and you've been in a similar position to McCrory, you've went out, now established yourself as a very very good top flight goalkeeper, then looking at Story, who that's the reason you left that's the reason you went out and got games to get I don't think it sends a very good message in my opinion I think if you're McCrory you would just be getting the nod simply because you're associated with Rangers and for me that would be pretty that would undermine in my opinion Liam Kelly's performances yeah yeah all fair points all fair points so we'll move on to the centre half then I've just got a raft of names written down here we'll touch on uh, most of them, just a quick word on Grant Hanley, They're playing every game for Norwich, they're fifth in the table. I suppose one argument for Gunn could be he might have a relationship with the centre-back in front of him. Um, but Hanley is playing every game for Norwich there in the playoff places in the Championship. Scott McKenna, Ben, you'll take probably great delight in this. I continually have to admit that he's proved me wrong. I never saw Scott McKenna becoming a Premier League player. He's back in the Nottingham Forest team now after a little stint on the bench for four games. He must be one of our first choice centre halves at the moment, Ben. How much does that hurt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I better not speak to him. In context, Rory Andy wasn't the, wasn't his biggest fan, and it was right. quite clear that he wasn't going to make it down south. Um, <laughs> but he's he has. Um, yeah, to to be honest, I think he probably does get in just on the on the fact that he is playing at that level. It's quite hard to argue against that. And Clark has, you know, played him before and looked to him before. Hanley again as well is playing, you know, a good level, consistent level. And we don't have as much strength at centre back as we do at wing back. So the the ones that have a lot of caps and you know have performed well, I, I imagine they'll be in for those two games. It's not the kind of position you really want to be messing with um, going into the the opener. Well, Rory, at least Hanley and McKenna are playing regularly at a good level because it's not working for Jack Hendry in Italy at the moment. He signed for Cremonese, on loan from Bruges for the season. And until now, he's played four games in the league, once in the World Cup. So if it's a loan spell, surely it's best for everyone if he goes back to Bruges and then heads out somewhere else. Or maybe Scott Parker will give him a chance at Bruges because he's barely kicking a ball. Yeah, you're right. And I, I don't mean to do... Everyone would agree Hanley is a defender. He's quick across the turf, quicker than people realise. And he defends very, very well. However, he's probably, if you're playing three centre-backs, two centre-backs, he's probably the one as an opposing team you would quite like to leave on the ball. And then McKenna's distribution is is decent, but Henry really excels. That's his part of the game that really stands out. I think that Clark will probably want to have him in and around the squad and probably the team if he can for that reason because the likes of playing Cyprus where we'd expect to have a lot of the ball, he becomes quite a key component um, despite the lack of game time. And to be fair, he's proved for Scotland before that he can come in and play and um, not having played all that many games in the lead-up to it. So, yes, if... From a club perspective, you want to be playing games. It's not worked out. Get back to Bruges. New manager's in the door. Try and impress him and get some game time. But from 
Scotland's point of view, I think given his performances, consistent performances for Scotland, I, I, I would still like to see him in the team. Even, even if, say, he doesn't leave Cremonese, Rory, and say he plays three games from the bench between now and the squad being announced, John Suter could be fit and playing by that point. Does that plug the hole of someone who can distribute the ball from defence? Possibly. I mean, with, with with two months still to go, he's been out for so long as well, Suter. How keen he would be to rush back into these types of games, despite obviously he'll be chomping at the bit to play. You know, he's got to think about his long-term you know health from a football perspective. His distribution's good, although... I just think it might be too soon for him. One one person that we spoke about, I know Liam Cooper, I played with Liam Cooper. His distribution is very good as well. He's not the biggest. But one player I messaged you about before who, who never seems to get mentioned, you know, he plays for Bristol City at the moment, Cal Naismith. I, I understand Bristol City haven't, aren't having the best of seasons. Cal Naismith picked up a, a number of Player of Year awards last year playing in the Championship for Luton, who got to the playoffs. He's very similar in stature to Henry. His distribution is very good. He's a very intelligent football player. And, of course, we've got a good few dead ball specialists. He's he's very good on a dead ball as well, playing in a very competitive league. And when he's fit, he's, he's one of the first names in the team sheet. He was last year for Luton, and he is this year for Bristol City, who, despite having a poor season so far, were expected to challenge. And I don't think he would maybe be picked to come in and play straight away. But if you're looking to plug a hole in terms of a ball player centre-half, especially if you're playing that three at left centre-back, I think he's the type of player who's never been on the radar who would be worth having a look at. He's only 30, Cal Naismith, so not really in the twilight or the latter stages of his career yet. He's one of a few, Ben, in the English Championship that probably do cause a bit of surprise as to why they've not been given a chance yet. On that list, I would also include Liam Lindsay at Preston and Dominic Hyam, who is a Scots-born defender playing for Blackburn Rovers, who are fourth at the moment, and he's a regular fixture in, in their defence. Yeah, it's the kind of one when the squads are announced on Twitter, there's always fans of a certain club that just cannot believe that these guys aren't in. Um, and especially at centre-back, you know, we are looking for options. Um, so, we, you know, we should be scouring, you know, and looking properly at these kind of players. And I'm sure Clark is, I, I do feel like Clark's very thorough um, and he does look, you know, a, across the board. Um, the other one is Porteous. I don't know if you wanted to touch on Porteous because depending on whether he moves this month as well, he he was he obviously involved and did brilliantly against Ukraine. You know, hands up, he was incredible against Ukraine, probably our best player. Um, so I I would imagine that he'll be in the squad because I think it would be quite harsh to drop him after that after those performances that he put in. Um, but interesting whether you think that he's the right answer going forward. It depends as well, though, a bit Ben on, on Porteous whether Steve Clark might see him as an option and hold him midfield in it because that's where he's been playing for Hibs recently. Granted. Hibs haven't been doing well, but Porteous has looked all right in that position, but he did star in Ukraine, didn't he? And in, in that nil-nil draw, when I think, let's, let's not be coy about it, we were all a bit nervous, really, when we saw him starting against Ukraine. We thought, oh, oh here's a defender who's maybe prone to a rush of blood to the head um, at a critical moment, starting in a critical game, but he, he strolled through it. And it was a shame that he didn't, I don't think he started against Turkey, and friendly after that. So it was a shame he wasn't really allowed to go and build on the impression that he made in the Scotland squad. 
but I think that he is going to be in it, regardless of whether he moves or, or stays at Hibs. I'm pretty sure Porteous will be in there. It just mm-hmm. depends maybe, Rory, if that will be at the expense of someone else or as well as, because let's take Hanley and McKenna as granted. Suter, mm, probably not, unless he comes back and really hits the ground running at, Ranger, at Rangers. Liam Cooper is just uh, suffered another knee injury. He played the last 12 games in the bounce until um, last week. He suffered a knee injury and not sure how long he's going to be out for. And then I suppose, well, it, if we play the 3 4 2 1 system, then Tierney has to be considered as a centre half role. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. he's barely playing at Arsenal. Yeah, but when it comes to the level of Tierney, I, th- I think that almost finishes in relevance, to be fair, because, you know, I don't think anyone would have any problems with Tierney coming in and playing. You know, you've got Cooper there, you've got Kingsley as well, who's always very impressive. Hearts are that competitive at the moment that Kingsley's not actually guaranteed a start. On the Porteous one, I just don't see the midfield thing. I just don't see it in terms of that level of football. You've got McLean, you've got McTominay, you've got Jack, you've got McGinn, you've got McGregor, you've got Gilmer. He's just simply not, in my opinion, good enough to play holding midfield when you're talking about that calibre of player as, as competition. He was excellent against Ukraine. Since that game, level couple of goals but overall he's, he's been really quite poor I know the Hibs side have been poor overall they're conceding a lot of goals he gets caught out positionally you know I think he will be involved in the squad based on Ukraine one and I think as well with Clark he likes regardless of playing time he like you know he's always spoke about that having this club mentality and I think if he's changing the squad all the time or bringing in new faces feels more like an international team as opposed to a club team and that's the feel you want around the international scene is Everybody knowing each other, you know, the same roommate, the same setup. Everyone knows what's happening. So, whilst people deserve to, should get in when they deserve to get in, I think he's a little bit re- reluctant to introduce too many new faces if he has to. So, I think Portis, you know, he will be in and around the squad. But I have to say that I know you had concerns about McKenna before he moved on, and sorry to bring that up again. And he's he's done very well. <laughs> I would harbour the same terms that you would harbour for McKenna about Portis when he moves on. I, I really, I really would. I think he's good, and I think he's got a lot of potential. But I think a lot of mistakes, and sometimes as a defender, positionally, I look and I go, mm, I'm just not a hundred percent sure when it comes to international level that he'll be a consistent performer. So for now, Rory, uh, let's say that Hanley McKenna. And Tierney are picked. There's normally there's at least going to be one more centre half option in there, maybe two. Let's say he picks Hendry. Are you then selecting Cal Naismith as a fifth option? Would you would you like to see him? No, in? I would like to see him in the squad. Yes. Um, again, if it was Kingsley, I, I would I would look at that and I would you know I would have no issues with that. He, you know he can play left centre back. He can play left wing back. He can play left full back. He's also very good. He's a dead ball specialist as we've seen many times since he's. Signed for Hearts. Um, I played with him at Falkirk. I think he's excellent. So, you know, I'm, I'm not pushing for Cal Smith to, to be in the squad. He's one that I think should be considered. However, if it was Kingsley, for example, I would have no qualms with that. I just don't think Ryan Portis's form since that Ukraine game at club level has merited guarantees. Well, whether it's whether it's Naismith, whether it's uh, Liam Lindsay, whether it's Hyam, maybe it will be Suter if, he's, if he comes back and really impresses at Rangers, that there's probably space for two on top of Tierney, 
McKenna and Hanley. I think you're right, Rory, that Hendry probably will be one of them, regardless of how much yeah. he plays at Cremonese. So probably one more centre half um, space available in the squad there. Uh, talking about wing back, wing backs, that's one position really where we're pretty solid. Andy Robertson playing a lot at Liverpool, involved in a bit more rotation this year with Simicas. He doesn't seem to be on the pitch for as long, Andy Robertson, but yeah, he'll still be there. He'll be captain of the team. Greg Taylor, no issues as an understudy. Is he injured? He's not injured at the moment, is he, Greg Taylor? Yes, he is, yeah. Is, is he injured? Is that why Bernabe has been, been playing? Is, is that a bad injury? Yeah. No, I think he's only out for a few more weeks, uh, as far as I know, but he is currently injured, yeah. Right, OK, well, hopefully then he'll be all right by the time the squad's announcement comes along. If he's not, then Ben, what about Josh Doig doing really well in his first season uh, over at Verona? I know he's been linked with a lot of big teams in Italy, and it's a it's a great one to see. A bit like Ferguson as well. Um, you know, he's he's obviously taken to it brilliantly, um, and it's it's great to see. You know, it's quite nice as well. Obviously, you we've seen teams like Rangers and Celtic kind of passing up on these players almost as if like they're you know maybe they're not good enough for them. So I, I'm I'm always pleased to see them go somewhere else and really do well, kind of like Hickey did. And you know the sky's the limit for him now. If you if you can play in a in a team in Italy in the top flight and do well, you know the the world's your oyster. And I, I can definitely see him being involved. Rory, the thing with with Greg Taylor is I know that he, he doesn't often start because of Robertson, but I think Steve Clark, having known him from Kelly, sees him as a, a really good person to have around the squad. He's very likable, Greg Taylor. He's close to a few of the big players, so I think Clark sees value in him that way rather than just him being a decent understudy should Robertson or maybe Tierney get injured. Do you think that sort of thing keeps his position a bit more comfortable as backup, even regarding how well Doig is doing over in Italy? Yeah, possibly. But I think, you know, I think Taylor's performances as well, a couple of goals this year as well, but, you know, you see him tucking inside the pitch as well and playing really good football. I mean, I don't think there's many people 18 months ago who would have looked at Taylor and went, you know, he's a Scotland international. He is a first pick for Celtic. You know, there's many Celtic fans who believe that the turning point in the old form after Celtic pretty much dominating the open stages. I know people say about the Joe Hart mistake, they say that when Taylor went off, it changed the whole dynamic of the game and they really, really missed Taylor. Um, you know, and he's seen off some some good players at the same Burnaby being one of them. So I think all those things really good player and proving a lot of people wrong not just as a defender not just as an attacking fullback but as an actual football player I think that all these things have him pretty much a shoo-in um, to, to be understudy to Robertson I, I understand as well Doig is flying at Verona and it's a, an extremely high level um, and maybe I'm just you know with the publicity over here and seeing much more of the football over here uh, I would I would probably favour Taylor, but it's it's Ben uh, touches on there. It's it's excellent to see Doig and Ferguson and the likes doing so so well, and it can only promote the Scottish game and hopefully other countries take stand up and take notice of how how good the league is. Yeah, well, we'll come to Serie A in a bit more detail because we have two midfielders and um, around the squad there. Moving over to right back uh, for the time being, similar to left back, no real issues. Nathan Patterson should be back fit by mid February, although it's not great to see that his club is. Uh, probably going to get relegated on the sacked Frank Lampard now, but hopefully Nathan Patterson's still a Premier League player this time next year. Um, speaking of Celtic players, Anthony Ralston uh, has come in and done well when called upon for Scotland. I thought he was one of our better players in the Dublin massacre until 
the second goal was it? He got caught out of position. Um, and he's probably no more than a backup for Scotland at the moment as well. And he's stuck behind Alistair Johnson now at Celtic with Juranovic off to the Bundesliga. Aaron Hickey, I didn't realise this until today. He's been out since October with a, an ankle injury. But he came back to the squad and he was on the bench against Leeds at the weekend for Brentford. But he was starting every game before that. So hopefully Aaron Hickey can work his way back into the Brentford team first and foremost and then the Scotland squad. So let's say that they're all fit um, by the time the squad announcement comes along for March. Patterson, Ralston and Hickey, two of three of them, Ben. Yeah, and it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, you know, I really do like Hickey. I think Hickey's such a clever player and just having watched him from an early age, he's just, he's so calm on the ball and I love that international level. You need that. But Patterson is so brilliant going forward. Um, so, and we've seen him do it for Scotland, you know, cutting through defences, getting assists. It, that's, that is one of the toughest decisions, I think, is separate. If, they, if, they, if they're both playing, they're both fit, that's one of the toughest ones to, to split. Rory, would you go for Patterson and Hickey? Should they both be fit come March? If they were both fit, I was about to say fit and playing, but I don't see Ralston playing many games, so I don't think that game time could be that decisive in Clark's decision-making because I, I don't see Ralston playing a lot of football, like I said, with the signing of Alistair Johnston. I think as well how quickly they moved Celtic as soon as they heard a sniff of which leaving suggests that Ralston, they're quite happy to have on the bench as, as a number two. If Patterson's back in playing, if Hickey's back in playing, um, then then that that would be my two. I, I would probably have Hickey in the team with Patterson on the bench, um, based on what I've seen in a, in a Scotland shot. Um, but I would have those two in the squad if they were fit. Well, we're blessed in the right back area now. Calvin Ramsey is playing youth football at Liverpool, so. I think it's in case of emergency at the moment for Calvin Ramsey's uh, involvement with Scotland. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash special offer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We'll move into midfield. A couple of easy ones to tick off. Callum McGregor back fit again, playing well for Celtic. Excellent. John McGinn has a hamstring injury, uh, but he should be back in the squad for Villa against Leicester on February 4th. And he had been playing under Unai Emery until this ham- hamstring injury. So no qualms for John McGinn, provided he gets back fit on time. Ryan Jack, back fit again and playing regularly, if not semi-regularly for Rangers. So that's another good player to have in the, in the midfield. Kenny McLean plays when he's fit for Norwich. He's 31 years old now, Kenny McLean. That kind of caught me off guard a wee bit. Now, one of many players that just seem to be ageing at a rapid rate for Scotland to blink and suddenly four years have gone by from when they were 27 or so. Um, and let me give you someone, I know you're a big fan, Ben. Alan Campbell playing every week for Luton, almost 90 minutes consistently. Should he be in there? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't watch that league as much, so it, it's hard. I am kind of blinkered by what I saw of when he was coming through at Motherwell when I used to watch him every week, and he was very often the best player on the park. Um, so I can't imagine that, you know, the, he's got any worse if he's playing every week. You know, he's still got all those battling qualities. He's really good on the ball. I imagine that Clark rates all of those traits. Um, I think he gives us a little bit something different in terms of box to box. Um, so yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing him there. It is we are very stacked in that area, so that's the only thing that I think might go against him. We just have so many good, experienced players that are dependable and that you know generally deliver for us. Um, so my fingers are crossed for him, but I feel like he might just get edged out if everybody's fit. Rory, is there someone? around the squad at the moment you would rather see Campbell in instead of? Um, no, nah, probably not. Uh, I'm a big advocate of obviously players getting their chance. Alan Campbell I see is somebody who, you know, he's a bit of a dogged player. Um, he is good on the ball. Is he better on the ball than McLean? Is he better on the ball than McTominay, than McGinn, than Jack, than McGregor? I'm not quite sure. He's, you know, Gilmer who I think will be in the squad again, despite the lack of game time, solely based on the reasons I've already stated about the type of feel that Clark likes to get when these camps come together. Um, so I, I, I would be harsh to say that um, I would like to see him in the squad ahead of anyone. I'm a big Armstrong fan as well. Um, I think he provides uh, something a bit different in terms of breaking the lines and running beyond the strikers. Um, so no, I, I would say that he's, he's good to have um, as backup, but I, I just don't, I don't see him pushing to get in to the squad. Certainly not the starting, uh, the starting lineup. Uh, I'm a big McTominay fan, I must say as well. He would be in my midfield um, pretty much every game if, if if available. He's, you know, he's height, um, he, he's combative in the midfield. He's good on the ball. He can nick the odd goal. He's experienced. He's, I just think he's really, really good. Um, and obviously, you've got. Um, McGregor and McGinn to dovetail with him and I, I just like the look of that I think we're really strong in that area Speaking of McTominay though Rory maybe I'm moving the horizon for him because he's clearly not our first pick for Eric Ten Hag he plays in most games for Man U but from the bench really rather than being a starter now 15-20 minutes here and there although he did play a full game against Arsenal in the defeat at the weekend do you think that matters at all as far as Steve Clark's concerned? Uh, well, I think if you look in who's keeping him out the team, 
and Christian Eriksen and Casemiro, you're kind of looking going, you could probably see why he's not playing. And then you look at who he's linked with in Newcastle, a team on the up under Eddie Howe, who obviously sees him as somebody he'd like to add to his squad. You look at the amount of games he's played for uh, Manchester United during some difficult times. You look at, and I always think this is a good gauge. You look at the amount of managers that have come into that club and picked him. You know, they obviously see something in him. And I think he performs very, very well when he plays for Scotland also. So in terms of not playing for Man United, I, I don't think that that's the same thing as, you know, being maybe being a Ralston and being second choice at Celtic. I, I think it differs massively. So I don't think that that'll be a huge concern for Steve, Steve Clark that he's maybe not playing week in, week out for Man United. We also didn't include McTominay, Ben, when we were talking about the centre-halves. Are those days still still going? I think that's just wishful thinking on our part because I know that me and you generally admit, well, we kind of agree that McTominay's better in midfield, whereas Gordon was always quite hot on him being like playing out from the centre-back. But I just think that needs to be canned. You know, I think it worked, but we now have centre-backs that can play out from the back. So we don't need to shove McTominay back there. Leave him in midfield where he does his best work. Another player not getting game time at his club is Billy Gilmore. I think we all hoped that would change when he left Chelsea to go to Brighton. And then the manager that signed him, ironically, went the other way. So Billy Gilmore is he's still young, but he's not he's far from his teenage years now. He's 22 at the end of this season, Billy Gilmore. This is kind of DEFCON 1 for him in, in terms of how it's going to, to go because he's not been off the bench last three games for Brighton. I saw that he was linked to a loan move to Villarreal, which sounds quite nice, doesn't it? I'm not sure if there was anything in that. Um, it's tiny cameos for Billy Gilmore, Rory. He didn't start the last couple of games for us. and I'm not sure he'll start again if it keeps going this way. No, I don't expect him to start the next the, the, the next game for Scotland um, against Cyprus. I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because he's such a talented football player. Um, however, he gets stuck in as well. And when I say athleticism, I don't mean that he, he doesn't get stuck in. I don't mean that he can't get around the pitch. But at times you look at him and he does get overran a little bit. He needs to be in a side, in my opinion, that most of the ball where he can do his good work. Again, I'm not saying that he can't tackle, he can't try. But I'm not saying any of these things, however... I just don't think as effective defensively as he is moving forward. And if that's going to be the case, you need to be in a side for me that's dominating the ball and that's really, really got the upper hand in the game. And that's why at times he shines. And of course, there'll be games where he's not had the right to do that for Scotland, where the team's performed well. Of course, you can pick individual games and individual instances that goes against that argument. However, I just think that you look at the high-paced you know, nature of the Premier League down in England and I think the game passes him by at times and he's not able to do his best work. Potentially a move abroad might suit him, the type of player that he is, but at this moment in time, I don't want to see he's in danger of, of, of you know, you know, falling away from the, the, the huge player tag that he got when he was younger because he's still got all the potential in the world, but he needs to find a fit. Doesn't look like Brighton's the fit. It didn't look like Chelsea was the fit. Couldn't get a game at Norwich. He needs to find a club that works for him. And until he does that, I don't see him getting back in the Scotland team as a starter. Someone who's not getting much game time either, Ben, 
you were a big fan of this fella, and, and maybe still are, is David Turnbull. Uh, he's kind of been limited to sub appearances at Celtic at the moment. Although he's he's started two league games since the end of October, but he's he's come in in the last couple of day, uh, games and scored a few goals. Is that a timely reminder of what David Turnbull can do, or is he no threat to the players that are starting for Scotland at the moment? Yeah, and, and, is, and would... is he worthy of a place in the squad at this rate? Uh, that's a hard one. I'm not actually sure because, you know, I've, I have waxed lyrical about him in the past. I think technically he is just a phenomenal midfielder. You've seen that recently with his finishes. Um, we don't have many players that can finish as well as he does from outside the box. And his passing is very good, but it's very hard when you're not playing week in, week out to kind of challenge the guys that are going to be starting. So I wouldn't have him as a starter. I think he might squeeze in as like an option, as like a sort of a wild card to kind of play if we need to open somebody up. Um, but yeah, to me, I don't think he's, I don't even, I don't think he's in the starting 11 by any means. And he might struggle to get in the squad. I think with, with David Turnbull, Rory, I agree with Ben that he's a really talented player. The view that I've always harboured of him is that he, he needs the game to be going his team's way for him to shine. Is that accurate or is that a bit too harsh? No, I would, I would say that that's fair comment. Um, you know, the purple patch he had at Celtic and when he did excel was when Celtic were going through that really tough period and he stood out as being the best player. Uh, I think he played the second half of the season that year that Rangers won the league and got player of the year and things like that. However, he's found it difficult to come by since Postacoglu's recruited, you know, your Hitates, Aaron Moyes. You know, Postacoglu's got a way of playing. I, I'm not overly convinced that Turnbull fits into it particularly well. Um, Scottish player who has shown that he can play for a club like Celtic, I, I've got to agree with Ben. I, I think he would miss out on the squad, if I'm being totally honest. He might just sneak in. Um, but I think if you look at that position, you know, the one thing that he does stand out for, as Ben's touched on, is he can get goals from midfield. But contribution to Celtic over the last, or since the start of the season, plus you're looking what the other guys are giving you, you know, you know, play McLean plays when he's flipped for Norwich, slightly different type of player. I, I granted, I, uh, you know, you get likes of Christie as well, who you know is playing every week at Bournemouth again, slightly different position. But these guys make up a squad as a whole. I think if he does make the squad, it'll probably be for Clark want to go with continuity rather than anything else. Let's have a chat about the two midfielders over in Serie A. Then Ben, one of them has been around the squad, uh, and. I don't actually know off the top of my head, must have five caps, maybe Lewis Ferguson, something like that, uh, having a great season over at Bologna. The other one is Liam Henderson, who hasn't been in a squad and is doing well for Empoli. He started when they beat them to Milan uh, just last night, 1-0 in San Siro. I think we can expect Lewis Ferguson to be in the squad because when he missed out in the squad in the September games, I think it was because Clark said to him, you don't need this journey back to Scotland um, at the moment, stay in Italy focus on breaking into the Bologna team and then we'll see you again. He's kept his end of the bargain so now it's time to see if Clark will keep his. But Liam Fer- uh, Liam Ferguson, Liam Henderson has been doing really well for, for quite some time now and I'm not sure how close he'll be regardless of that. Yeah, I think Ferguson will definitely be in the squad. I think 
as you allude to and that was what a brilliant move by Clark as well really good man management there to be like look you're in my plans I think they just got a new manager Bologna and so it was very much like you go and impress him and he obviously has and he's I think I've said previously you know I've got a good friend that's uh, from Bologna and goes to every game and he's just he's raving about him um, and expects him to move on as well at some point because he thinks that he's he's going to be too good for them um, so you know he's got a massive future so he'll definitely be involved Henderson I always remember being a, maybe a wee bit more attacking I'm not sure if again we're just too stacked in that position at, at the moment but again I think he's still pretty young so you know there's plenty of time for him to maybe work his way in you know he's only just starting out there so hopefully um, yeah he can get in eventually Henderson's probably more of a direct comparison to Turnbull I would say Rory yes he is, and unfortunately, I don't have any friends out in Italy, so it's difficult for me to comment. I don't see a lot of Syria. I wish I did. I don't see a lot of Syria. Um, however, the reports and the, the clips I've seen of Ferguson, you know, I would I would certainly agree with everything Ben's just said. You know, I don't think I could add much more to that in terms of Henderson. If he is a direct comparison to to, to Turnbull, then you're probably looking at many goals as he scored this year, many goal god contributions as he got this year. Plus, obviously, Clark will have done his homework and, and watched him in a bit more depth and detail. Um, but I do think that if, if it came down to a bit of a coin flip between himself and Turnbull, in continuity, Turnbull's been in around the squad, I think Clark would probably opt to go with Turnbull. Ben, if Lewis Ferguson is going to not just get in the squad, but maybe the starting eleven, where do you think that would be? So let's weigh up the two formations that Steve Clark uses. He sometimes goes for the 3 4 2 one in which case I think you would probably be playing the pair in the four rather than one of the two behind a striker. But then Clark, recently, uh, when we went through Ukraine at home, I think that was a kind of 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 sort of situation. Uh, and he's probably not going to get in the attacking slot ahead of John McGinn, really, is he? So does that mean that for Lewis Ferguson to get in the team, it's going to have to be in one of the centre-centre mids rather than attacking centre mids? Yeah, I think more in the sort of box-to-box kind of role that McGregor kind of fills. So, you know, I'm not expecting Ferguson to start. I really don't think he will because I think our our first choice midfield is is so strong that it's just very hard to to get in. Um, but certainly a good option to come off the bench, you know, if we need a bit more energy and a little bit more creativity. And he's shown that he's got goals in him as well. Um, so, yeah, a really good option to have, you know, coming on to try and and make an impact in the second half. It'll be interesting to see how much he's prioritised Lewis Ferguson because, as you say, Clark clearly rates him, was happy to leave him out of squad on the basis that Ferguson went and did the hard yards in Italy to impress Thiago Motta, the new Bologna manager. That's happened. And he's he's flying now. Uh, Lewis Ferguson scored a couple of good goals in the league, as has Josh Doig, by the way. So, yeah, it'll be good to see Lewis Ferguson back in the Scotland squad come March, provided he doesn't get injured. We'll move into the wide areas now. A uh, couple of names I'll throw at you. Um, Ryan Christie's al- already been mentioned. He plays wide sometimes for Scotland, sometimes in the middle. He's playing for Bournemouth every week, sometimes from the bench, but he's playing every week. Barry Mackay was in a squad recently. He has been impressive for Hearts again. James Forrest stuck in a rotation role at Celtic. He's 32 this year. Transfermark.co.uk say that James Forrest hasn't been capped since the Euros, which astounds me, and I don't know if it's true or not. Um, if, if either of you know the answer to that, I, I'm not sure. Um, Lewis, Morgan, Lewis Morgan, MLS starts in February 25th, uh, so might be a bit late for him, but to be honest, don't think he'd be picked anyway. Clark doesn't really rate 
the MLS as far as I'm aware. And I was talking to someone that knows Lewis pretty well um, not too long ago, and they were saying that it's it's really he's gutted at the fact that his form over in America hasn't resulted in a call-up. He scored 18 goals in 37 league appearances last season for New York Red Bulls, and he was expecting that that would be enough. But um, a couple of players, one of them being Jacob Brown, when they get called up ahead of him, I think that's when Morgan started to realise this this probably isn't going to happen for me. Uh, Ryan Fraser hasn't been playing for Newcastle since October, hasn't been in the squad since Boxing Day. So he's one that we can maybe touch on here, guys, because Ryan Fraser has illuminated Scotland's performances now and again, but he's even behind Elliot Anderson in the Newcastle picking order at the moment. And what about young Ben Doak? Would we have him in the squad just for future considerations? Yeah. Get him in. He is... I'm telling you now, I've covered a couple of the under-21 games and watched them. He... I would I would get him in and around the squad as early as possible because the men, it wasn't even his his pace his his ability which he has in abundance it was his mental approach it, he just he didn't care the age of the players he was playing against he's obviously went into the Liverpool setup and impressed enough in training with world top top class players. Make Jurgen Klopp turn around and go, do you know what? He's worthy of minutes. Young, extremely young. Get him in, uh, get him in and around the squad, get him used to it. I would give him minutes against Cyprus if things are going well. And I, I think that that boy's got it in him from what I've seen live and on TV clips and from what everybody else is saying about him, you know, top, top managers. I think he's got it in him to be beater for Scotland oh, and just just for his future in general I would have him in the squad and if fingers crossed were relatively comfortable against Cyprus I would get him on the pitch Rory this is bad news because you know if there's any sort of clamour for a player to be in Steve Clark won't listen <laughs> well um, I, I would need to say then and don't put him in because I'm desperate, to, I'm desperate I'm desperate to see him I don't think anything faces him I really do not think anything phase. I'm watching him in Iceland 21s at um, at Motherwell uh, a couple of months ago and he got hit a few times, he got straight back up, he didn't bother. He almost had that Wayne Rooney-like anger about him as well when one of the Icelandic players came up and squared up to him. And you caveat that with his pace and his ability. Do you know what one thing that stood out for me? He's a wide player and it's very... You need to be so game intelligent in terms of your defending, how to plug gaps, when to run back in, when to pull out wide to receive. I genuinely believe he is going to be a superstar, that boy. It's interesting, Ben, because it was only around a year ago when he, he broke into the... Well, I say he broke into the Celtic team. He didn't really. He got given a few uh, appearances for Celtic, um, whether that was to try and get him to sign a new contract or whether to increase the price on his tag. Um, he went away to Liverpool. I'm not sure he'd be getting these minutes if he was still at Celtic, to be honest. He's prospering down there. 22 minutes uh, against Brighton in the league, 15 minutes against Wolves in the Cup. He's only just turned 17 at the tail end of last year, I think. So um, I'm not sure that if he was still at Celtic, he'd be afforded such luxuries, if you could call it that. 
Yeah, it's a really strange one because surely if Jurgen Klopp is looking at him in training and saying, yeah, this guy's good enough for Liverpool, you would think that would have been the case at Celtic. So it's, it's quite it's quite hard to tell, but I totally echo what Rory says. I just think this is the kind of player that can get the Tartan Army excited. And it would be a real shame if Clark didn't kind of take the chance to just, you know, he could really galvanise us. And yes, he might not play all the time, but it's just that kind of boy. You know, if he started warming up, that the Hamden would just, you know, that electricity would start trickling. It would be like, oh, yes, here he comes. And I think it would be a similar impact to Patterson because I agree that he just has this instinct, a bit like Gilmore as well, when he was thrown in at such a young age and he just looked like he didn't care. And so few young players with that kind of ability have that mentality that goes with it. You know, they maybe yeah. have the skill, but it's having the balls to actually do it in a big game. And we saw Gilmore do it against England. And I just feel like Doak has that same sort of mentality. And, you know, going up against Cyprus to him, he's not going to be phased by that, I don't think. So, yeah, I totally agree. Get him capped. Let's let's build him up. I saw people comparing it to Spain, where Spain are very happy to put teenagers in if they're good enough. And to me, he does, from what I've seen, he looks good enough, at least to come off, off the bench against a smaller country. Well, we'll see. I, I, I don't think you're, uh, for the record, I'm, I'm with you on that. I would love to see him included in the squad, whether he plays or not, a different matter. But I think we, we need to start blooding him now, um, whether Clark includes him or not. Another matter. Uh, another wide player, Ryan Fraser. Rory, where do you stand on this? Because he's been inconsistent for Scotland, but when he's on his game, is electric. Is he reliable at the moment to come in from the cold and produce? Well, he's been reliable for Scotland for, for some time now. Um, I know he had a little bit of a tiff, or you know, you don't know what's been said, or but I can close doors between him and the manager, but he's not played since October that, that's a long time not been in a squad since since Boxing Day that's again the time you get to March if that continues to be the case which the way Newcastle are going I don't see him tweaking too much that's a long time is he, is he that influential within the Scotland squad that look at that and go it doesn't matter your tierneys who, who don't play week in week out I don't think he is I think he would need to get game time between now and March to make an impact in the Newcastle side. A few starts for him to be considered. I just don't think it's anywhere near um, enough football, you know, having not played since what is effectively near the start of the season. Is that the one position, guys, I'll come to you on this, Ben. Is that the one position at the moment where perhaps we are a bit dry, wide? Yeah, I think we've got kind of Christie and Armstrong. They can kind of play that role. But we don't really have out-and-out -out wingers. I think Doak could be, you know, one of them going forward. Um, it's kind of been that way for a few years, I think. And that's maybe why Fraser has maybe had some joy. Um, for me, I agree. I think Fraser's, I wouldn't say he's important enough to kind of merit a place in this squad if you're not playing. Um, he has done well for us in the past, but I think he needs a move. Um, and yeah but I think the system that Clark has, has fostered is kind of it takes that into consideration we don't rely on wide men you know we have brilliant wing backs so that's where we get our wids from so it's not a massive issue I would say with, with Clark's system as it is and with the, the likes of Robertson and Patterson He went almost a, a full season without being capped for Scotland Ryan Fraser uh, he played in the 1-0 win away to the Pharaohs 
in October 2021. And then his next cap was in a 3-0 win against Ukraine at Hamden in September last year when he came off the bench and got two assists from the corners that Lyndon Dykes scored from. And he's played in all the games since for Scotland, Ukraine, Ireland, Ukraine, Turkey. But vitally at that point, he was playing for Newcastle. Him and Clark seemed to have kissed and made up from whatever was coming between them. But he was playing for Newcastle at that point, Rory. And I'm not sure that certainly he could go in and start a game for Scotland against top-class quality like Spain in the second match if he's been sitting or not even sitting on a bench on a Saturday. No, yeah, I would, I would, I would echo that. I would agree with that. Um, I think as well, in Spain, but it's vitally important we beat Cyprus. We need to get off to a good start. It's a strong group, and Cyprus is a side that we would we would like to finish above. We'd expect to finish above. We would expect to beat them home and away. That's not being disrespectful. I'm just saying it's what the nation expects. Um, it's important that I think when you get that squad together um, in March, that everybody's ready to start. Everybody you picked is ready to go in and start if needed. Don't think Ryan Fraser falls into that category. Let's talk about the strikers then. We have two certainties provided they are fit. Shea Adams, he's Southampton's first-choice striker. He's probably our first-choice striker. Um, six goals and 22 caps for Scotland. Lyndon Dykes, who I noticed just today upon Googling, has been linked with Millwall, but he's played every game for QPR this season. He's not exactly firing in the goals. He's only scored in four games, but he's pretty much undroppable for us from the squad anyway. Look at the impact he had against Ukraine uh, in the last internationals. Eight goals and 26 caps. Say there's space for one, maximum two other strikers in the squad. That would leave then Ross Stewart, Kevin Nisbet, Lauren Shankland, Jacob Brown probably, and fitness depending, Ollie McBurney, who was doing really well for Sheffield United this season before uh, the World Cup and then a little injury since then. Come to you first on this, Ben. Uh, I know you're a, you'll naturally be a big Shankland fan, if you can look at it without those maroon lenses, where do you stand on the third-choice striker and potentially fourth-choice striker situation? Yeah, so looking at Lauren Shankland, I think when I was... My, my first proper looks at him was actually when he was still at Dundee United in an absolutely... One of the worst teams I think I've ever seen, that Dundee United team. <laughs> uh, and he was, he was playing out wide. And uh, he was brilliant. You know, I thought his link-up play was really good. That's what really struck me. And he still scored a few goals in that season. And I know he's people are talking about it because of his goals. But for me, it's his link-up play and his just his natural ability, the way he sees how the game's unraveling. He's he's very good at one-twos. He just brings other players in. So to me, that's what I would think that he could do at an international level. It's not so much the goals, because everyone's talking about the goals. And obviously it's great, you know, that he's hit 20 already in January. Um, but I think it's his intelligence that I actually think, right, he could link up with one of our other strikers. I think you're right that Adams and Dykes are still probably, for what they've done for Scotland, are the first choices. But I would certainly have Shankland as, as an option to come off the bench, especially if we're trying to unlock a team. And I think Ross Stewart, I was looking at him on soccer base and I, I had to double take because his goals and his appearances, I couldn't work out which one was which. Because it was basically every single game, it was either one or two goals. He's obviously on fire and he's been linked with quite a few Premier League teams as well. Um, was he injured, I think, just before the last ones? That, when he was yeah. going to be I, 
I'll, 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 run you, I'll run you through a bit of context for, for Ross Stewart. So Sunderland are doing well just now. He scored five and seven at the start of the season, then missed three months with a hamstring injury. And since he came back, he's scored six and seven. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty clinical. Um, and he's got he's got Premier League teams looking at him. And I don't think we have enough strikers that we can really pass up that kind of, you know, clinical finishing. So I would quite like to see him again and see him get a chance. Rory, is it between Shankland and Stewart for the third spot or should and will both of them be in? Possibly. I'd just like to say, I've never heard somebody praise somebody for being good at one-twos and then finishing before. I can't think what goal might be sticking in Ben's head. <laughs> You basically just described Lance Shanklin's goal from the weekend there. <laughs> can, we, can we get the clip up somehow? Can we get that? Um, yeah, I would, I would have, I would say so. What, what I like is, I mean, it wasn't so long ago that we were. There was times where Dykes and Adams were playing up front, where guy, you know, people felt they were doing well, but you know, there was no one else really pushing. You look now, and you know, we're spoiled for choice. Really, you've got. Um, Shankland and Nisbet on either side of Edinburgh doing really, really well. Nisbet's been out for a long time, you know, scored a, a good few goals. I think Shankland's game intelligence has developed tenfold since his younger days playing in the lower leagues. He's, uh, as Ben quite rightly says, his link up plays game intelligence. I think the captain's armband as well has, has, has brought something out in him that I don't even think he knew he had. You know, if, I don't know him personally, but I know people that do know him. And I don't think that they would necessarily have seen, his, seen him as a captain, but he leads that line. You know, when he did score that second goal, all jokes aside, you've seen him marshalling the players around him. You've seen him demanding from his players to switch on mentally and see the game out. I think he's went to another level. I really do. Um, I think Nisbet, having scored seven goals, obviously, since he's, he's returned, I think he's going to be unlucky to miss out. But I do feel that Nisbet, over the next you know, six months, will find a way in this qualified qualifying campaign to get minutes for Scotland but as it stands at the moment Adams Dykes uh, and Stewart's record speaks for itself playing at a very high level with Sunderland did it in League One is now taking a step up and more than proven he can do it in the Championship so those four would get the nod from me yeah. Lovely well we've not quite put a whole squad together but that's quite a thorough run through of those who will either be in or will be there or thereabouts um, one player we didn't really touch on there was Jacob Brown he's playing again for Stoke after a thigh injury in October. He's got two goals in his last 14 games, so he's not really hitting the heights that Ross Stewart and Lawrence Shankland are. Important, although, yes, he's scored 20 goals, I, I feel compelled to caveat 20 with the fact that 11 of them have been penalties. Yes, he's still got to stick them away, but it's important to note that. I think when you're talking about a striker's goal record, how many of them have been penalties, if it's a significant amount. If he'd scored three or four penalties, it's not worth mentioning, but more than half of them have been. So I think that's worth noting. But from open play, Shankland, I would say that on form and the way he's going at the moment, he's probably the most potent striker Scotland have had available to them since Griffiths, Rory. Would that be a fair comment? Yeah, I mean, you'll struggle to find a better natural finisher than Griffiths. Um, he just lacked in other areas um, at, at, at times, but his finishing was, was very good. I just think Shankland's all-round game, as well as the fact he can finish, you know, and be part of a very good heart side. He'd been, I think he's matured wonderfully as a player. I think that he gives you probably not quite as clinical as Griffiths, I must say, from open play. However, all the other things uh, which Griffiths probably didn't have, Griffiths was intelligent. He, he was he could like the play and things like that, but not to the extent 
in my opinion, that Shanklin can. He's more mobile as well. There's just a number of things. He's, he's stronger. He's more physical. He ticks more boxes than Griffiths, but you know, not many would be able to um, to outweigh Griffiths in the finishing department, which is you know, it's, it's hardly a criticism. Um, but he's, he, as you say, he's potent. There's there's been games this season. I think there was a game at Fur Park where I, I got into the car, Andy, and I listened to the radio and. Um, I'd heard how good Motherwell were. I didn't know the score at this point. Motherwell were excellent. Motherwell were great. And then I found out the score was 3-0. I think Shanklin scored that day, potentially. And I'm thinking, they're so clinical up front. And it was the same against Hibs in the in the last two derbies. You know, yeah. you know they're playing well, but when you've got a player like Shanklin, you only need to create one or two chances and the ball's in the back of the net. He scored a hat-trick against Celtic as well. Plus he's, plus, he's played in Europe this season as well. I just think that he's a bit out at the moment. Well, that'll do us then. I think the, the main bullet points here are Clark or Kelly and goals. Um, Henry still to play despite lack of game time. Uh, hopefully a bit from Ferguson when he comes back into the squad. And then Ben Doak in and Shankland and Ross Stewart in behind Adams and Dyke. So, yeah, covered plenty of stuff, guys. Thanks for coming back on. And the Hamden Roar quiz should resume on... Monday, which will then come out later in the week for you listeners. So if you've been enjoying that, then next week is Gordon Shear from the Tartan Scarf against Lewis Irons from BBC Scotland. So that'll be a good one. Two guys of a similar age with a very strong passion for the national team. So if you've been enjoying the quizzes so far, then tune in for that. And Ben, yours will be the week after, I think, against Neil Doherty, author of France 98 Scotland Story. Yep. Are you going to remember your own rules this time? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was a nightmare. The specialist subject joined in the last one, wasn't it? That was a horror show. It was entertaining though, so that's yeah. all the <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. So, uh, look, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Rory, thanks very much for joining us. Hopefully, have you on again at some point. But cheers. Until next time. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Podcast Network.